and welcome to the One Broke Actress Podcast. The One Broke Actress Podcast. The The One One Broke Broke Actress Actress Podcast. Podcast. This is the podcast giving you an honest account of actor life. I mean, can we just be honest for a second? Plus a few lessons I learned in the process. This is what I'm saying. Nobody knows anything. I'm your host, Sam Valentine. Hi guys, welcome to this week's solo episode. It is just me today. Happy 4th of July. I hope you have a beer or a beverage of choice in your hand and you are by a body of water or seeing fireworks or something. And if you're doing that, I sure hope you're not listening to this podcast because there's probably cooler stuff to be doing. Um, I did not know if we were going to do a podcast solo episode this week because not only is it a holiday, uh, Instagram was down today slash yesterday now. So um, I wasn't able to get a lot of your feedback to contribute to this week's podcast, but I decided to just do it anyway. So this is going to be a lot of me by myself, just spouting my ideas. I want to state from the beginning that some of the stuff I'm about to talk about is stuff that people uh, have very strong opinions on, and I don't want to offend anyone, obviously, but I do want to give my opinion. So please know that this is coming from what I have learned so far in my time doing these things. So let's get right into it. After this week's episode with Jessica Sherman, which you should definitely listen to because it was freaking fantastic, if I do say so myself, I'm going to talk a little bit about casting director workshops and keeping in touch and keeping your databases and such with that. Let's do it. Okay, so let's kick it off with some thoughts about casting director workshops. People feel very strongly one way or another about these. So to highlight a little bit some pros, obviously meeting casting people and sometimes other industry people. For example, I've seen producers and directors, um, people who specifically do short films or do like uh, sitcoms and stuff like that, teaching classes at these workshop places. Uh, It's a good place to just meet these industry people. It's a great place to work material if you have a scene that you've really enjoyed doing. Um, or something you found that really works for you, maybe something you're considering for your reel or something like that. It's a great place to really, really get your feet wet with it and also to work out some nerves. It's, it's such a different feeling when you go into a room and you've already met them previously. So if you get nervous around casting people, a place like this where the stakes are typically pretty low is a great place to get work done. And also just to feel like you're being active in your career. It's sometimes easy to feel very stagnant if no one's inviting you into their casting office. So this is a very good way to be proactive about meeting people, about working material, about having things going on, right? Uh, That being said, there are some cons. Number one, obviously, is the pay-to-play mentality of casting director workshops. You show up and you pay money for them to see you act. And that is kind of the reverse of, I think, everyone's goal here. And um, that is definitely an unfortunate part of it. Uh, Often casting directors, when you're doing a scene, will give you acting feedback or none at all. Let me address both of those, actually. Sometimes casting directors will not give you any feedback on your work in a workshop. And that is because they're not actors most of the time. They might not know what exactly to tell you because it's not project specific. Casting directors are so, so good at what they do because they understand the depths of a project and the depths of the need of a role. And they can see that in actors. 
So if there is not a project they're specifically casting and you bring in a scene they might not be familiar with, they might not be able to give you direction that is helpful. That being said, they might also give you acting feedback that is not helpful. I have had people in the past uh, more comment on acting than they did on the actual scene that I did in front of them. And you just have to take it with a grain of salt because unlike what Jessica said, when you're in a room with a casting director and they give you a note, it's because they know what this role is. They want to give you some feedback. Maybe they know more about the script than you do. In a workshop, unless it's material from their office, they might not really know what to tell you and they might feel the need to tell you something. So that is something to keep in mind. And, uh, and then also sometimes these workshops become a bit of a factory mentality, like check them off, check them off, like mark the actor off the list. So I'm done. Um, before we go any further talking about them, I want to address the elephant in the podcast, which is that there was a huge scandal concerning these workshops a couple of years ago in February of 2017, uh, five different casting offices, I believe it is, uh, casting workshop offices, uh, roughly 25 people were charged, including a bunch of casting directors, for charging actors for quote-unquote auditions. There's a lot of specifics that went into this lawsuit. They had a undercover person posing as an actor, um, which is kind of method if you really think about it. <laughs> Um, who went to these workshops and checked some boxes and basically they were uh, prosecuted for promising auditions to actors who paid for workshops. There's a lot more nuances than that. There is a lot more information available on that. If you want to Google it, many websites have much more information than I do. So do not hold that against me. I have done my fair share of Googling and that is the most hard, solid evidence I can tell you. I don't have an opinion on this. I don't have enough information on this. Um, I do feel as though I've been to workshops before where it did feel a little uncomfortable as though it was, you guys should come to my workshops more often. I've called people in before. I've heard things like that prior to this 2017 case. So since then, there have been a lot stricter guidelines put in place and held up. And you'll notice when you go to a casting workshop that they're not allowed to take your headshot and resume. They have to say from the beginning, this is not a job interview. This does not get you auditions. Very, very plainly stated. A lot of these things were said before, but I think not all of them were followed up on. If anybody wants to give more information to any of us about this particular um, lawsuit, please feel free to respond to my Instagram or uh, the One Broke Actress website, and we, we can share some more information about it. But... They have really addressed this, and I think because of that, casting directors now more than ever are very careful about the actors they bring in, and they're very specific. I think that is a good thing. I think actors are more likely to have good outcomes from a casting workshop now than they did back then because there was a lot more of a money circle, if that makes sense. So here is how I approach casting director workshops. Now... Like I said, this is opinion, but I think this is a good general guide to think about these in. Number one, be targeted and be specific. You could literally go to a casting workshop every single day if you wanted. That is such a massive waste of time and money. 
you are not going to really learn anything. Maybe you'll get really good at workshops, but to be in an acting class is way, way, way more important, I think, than being in a workshop every week. I think, first of all, you need to decide if there are certain offices you want to go to. That's a good conversation to have your, with your reps. Are there certain casting directors you would like me to meet that you keep submitting me for that I am not getting into? Um, that is a really good conversation to have because then they see you also being proactive in your career. It's also good to keep an eye on things like deadline and you can see up and coming people getting assigned projects, casting associates, becoming casting directors. Going in to see a really good casting associate is just as vitally important as going in to see a good casting director. Um, and it's also great to target shows that have a bunch of guest stars or co-stars that you think you could totally be on. Um, so have a list perhaps of shows you think you could be on and then you can research those casting directors and look for their specifics and have a conversation with your reps. Um, and then secondly, I think you really need to have a game plan. Number one, budget this out. This should not be a huge, massive budget breaker for you. And I'll tell you where I think you can get a really good deal from. But I think that maybe going to one every like four to six weeks is totally great. I think that's a great way to make some new contacts without draining your bank account to get seen. I also think it's important once you do pick a specific casting director that you have some research behind to pick really specific material if that casting director is not the one assigning the material for your class. Pick something that really showcases you and then polish it. Coach or work with someone to make the material audition worthy. Because if this is the one time you're going to meet this person, you want to show them you are the most prepared actor in the room. Um, and I also like, I learned from this from Brian Pataka, to send a pregame letter to the casting director. Not everyone does this, and people might frown upon it, but before I go into a workshop the week before, I send them a letter with my little picture on it and saying, I'm excited to meet you. I just did this or this project or I'm actually working on my podcast right now talking to some casting directors or something. Send them a general short, sweet letter in the mail. And then they just have a uh, a name to a face kind of thing to do when they see you. It's like, oh, this is not the first time I've heard Sam Valentine's name. Do you know what I mean? I feel like I'm talking really fast today, but we'll get through it. Uh, and then number three, I think it's important to do really good work at these workshops with zero expectations and then follow up. Um, I, When you go into these rooms, if you come in with this mentality of this is my audition, it's not. <laughs> it's not. You're just showcasing that you love what you do and you're doing it well. So going in with that and also an expectation of maybe you can meet a new cool actor or see someone do some work or learn. I don't know about you guys, but I learn so much from watching other people in acting classes. And this is a great space to get kind of that experience in. It's not all about the casting directors, right? You're in a room with other working actors and you guys know how strongly I feel about community and making new friends. And I mean, who knows? Maybe you could tell one of them about your favorite actor podcast. What? <laughs> Won't you just plug her own podcast in a podcast? Sure did. Secondly, I think it's important to follow up with a letter or an email um, the next week thanking them 
for their time with you. Some of these workshops are multiple weeks, which by the way is awesome because then you have more face time with that particular person. Although that usually means they're more expensive. So it's a bit of a trade-off. Um, but following up with a personal anecdote and a actual nice short thank you is really appreciated. Oftentimes I will actually write a thank you letter. I will stick a postcard in it so they have a reference of who Sam Valentine is and that she is not a boy. And I will, I will mail it to their office. At the end of most workshops, they will give you their contact information so you will know whether or not they prefer a letter or an email. So make sure to respect whatever it is they ask for in that. And then you can do it either way. Uh, and then I also stole this from Brian, but I mail them my headshot and resume the next week as well. They are not allowed to take your headshot and resume from the workshop, but there's no reason you can't send it in the mail. And even if it winds up in the trash, honestly, you have then they have then seen your face at least three times because they got your before letter, they got you at the workshop, and they got your headshot and resume at the end of the day. And um, that's kind of awesome. I think that's what we're all kind of looking for is a little more FaceTime with these people. And the name recognition is unbeatable. Get your money's worth, guys. Like utilize, if you're paying for it, utilize the resources you get out of it. Uh, And then also keep your reps up to date on these workshops. So, oh, I just met um, Amy Wilson from the Rappaport Baldessari office. Uh, let me know if anything comes up for her. A lot of times your rep will then send an email to the office also saying, hey, I heard you met my client. I hope it went well. That kind of follow-up is great to do from your end, but even better to do from theirs because then they see it from a representative's point of view. So check in with them, and then maybe if your rep sees a project up and coming for you with them, uh, it'll stand out in their mind a little bit more. Lastly, on this workshop topic, I just want to tell you uh, some of my preferred places to do this in LA. Um, I believe that the best bang for your buck is probably Ace Studios. I contacted them to uh, chat about a discount code. I have not heard back, but if I do, make sure you're on the email list for the One Broke Actress website because I'll email that out to you if I happen so happen to get one. Um, but I think for the money, they are the most useful workshop to go to. There's also Next Level, which is also called One-on-One in New York City. Um, and they're pretty good too. They're a little bit pricier, um, but they often have a, a bit more of a selection. And I can't recommend enough, no matter who you sign up with, opt out of their marketing emails. I used to get so stressed that there were so many opportunities with so many casting people that I was missing all the time or couldn't afford or this, that, and the other thing. And it was such a daily reminder of stress that I opted out of all the emails and now I go onto their websites and I specifically request notifications for certain people I want to meet instead. And it makes a world of difference in my brain. I can't recommend it enough all right guys let's move on to the second topic oh my god 15 minutes oh she's talking so much let's move on to keeping track of these contacts that you're making whether or not you're making them in a workshop or in an office or in your acting class it is really important to keep a personal database um I personally prefer the organized actor because I like to write stuff down. Um, But like I said last week, uh, week before last, 
Yeah, week before last. If you are more of an electronic person, if you like your stuff to be online, The Actors Guru uh, is a great, great um, website that was founded by an actress um, that will give you a entire website to put your own database into. And they gave us a discount code as well. I don't get anything from this, but if you're interested in checking it out, one like the number one, one broke actress rules, all one word, will get you $25 off your year subscription, which is really cool. So um, either paper or electronic, find a way to keep your database all in one place. Um, every time you go in for a workshop, every time you go in for an acting class, every time you go into a audition, an audition, Jesus, every time you go into an audition, put all of those people you meet information in your database. Congratulations, you already have a database, you just don't know it. You're going to have to go through a lot of old emails and it's going to be annoying, but I can't recommend it enough. You need to do this. Also, keep your addresses separate. Some people prefer an email mailing. Some people will give you a mailing address to send a postcard. Like Jessica said, she's very nomadic. She's always in different offices. So email is better for her. Mailing lists are better for people who have specific offices. Uh, those are where you're going to put your postcards and stuff like that. I recommend keeping your email list on an Excel file. Also, I recommend keeping it in somewhere like MailChimp so it's very easy to send out mass emails every few weeks. And I think your mailing list with uh, physical mailing addresses should be kept on an Excel spreadsheet. And I hate an Excel spreadsheet, don't get me wrong, but Vistaprint requires them for uploading to send out postcards and mass mailings. And that will save you a lot of time if you already have it in an Excel document. And then... Last thing here, guys, staying in touch with these people that you put in these databases. Do you remember that audition that you had two years ago? Probably not. Guess what? Casting director probably doesn't remember you either. You have to remind people you're alive. I said this to a friend the other day uh, who was, you know, deciding whether she wanted to send an email. And I said, no one thinks about you as much as you think about you. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean it in a very positive way because you have full control over this narrative. You can remind people you're still alive. You can show them you're still in the acting business. We all know that people fall in and out of actually being working actors all the time. So keeping yourself at the forefront of people's minds is important. And it feels very, very selfish. And it feels very self-indulgent and kind of influencer-adjacent but it's important and it's it's like running a business, right? You have to keep your business promoted. You have to promote yourself. It sucks. Welcome to the world. If you are really pro at this stuff, people recommend monthly mailings of a postcard and sending an email. I am not pro status. I tried that for a while. I was exhausted. I felt very depleted. I felt like I had nothing more to tell people I was doing. Uh, so I kind of stopped and I peeled it back a little bit. Here's where I landed. It was about every eight to 10 weeks. I'll send out an email and I'll send out a postcard. Oftentimes they have the same thing on them, but they're mostly not read by the same people. What do you put on these postcards and emails? There is a litany of things you could put on them. One, you can put whatever the fuck you want because half the time no one's going to read it. They're just going to see your face. Still a win. But I often put things like rep changes, commercial, print, voiceover, managers, theatrical, doesn't matter, 
put it on a postcard, send it out. It's an excuse to send a postcard. Bookings, obviously. Tell the world you booked that co-star. You don't even have to put the word co-star. You can say, watch me play an EMT on this show. That works. No one is going to care. Also, like I said in the article I wrote on One Broke Actress about being cut from shows, if you're cut, no one really cares, honestly. Basically, your family will watch and see if you're in the show, but most people who get this postcard probably aren't going to necessarily watch for you, but they saw your face, they received your postcard, they're reminded that you're working, right? And that is the important part here. Also, something to put on postcards is personal projects. If you are doing a UCB show, if you're doing Groundlings, if you're going to do a play, if you wrote a short and it's in a film festival, anything you do within this circle of business is great to send out and show people that you're doing your own thing. Um, and also, you can send another postcard when you've booked something and it airs. So that can be two separate postcards, booking and airing, two birds, one stone, two separate mailings, and then it looks like you're working a ton. This is the the funny part of this business is sometimes you have to make it look like you're working more than you are. And no one is saying that out loud, but I'm going to because it's really true. And lastly, please don't be annoying and spammy. You know there's someone in your world who sends so many emails and you want to opt out of them, but you kind of feel bad. Don't, don't make people want to opt out of your emails. Give them a tiny bit of content in a short little blurb and send it out. MailChimp is great for this. You can make it really easy. Pop a picture in, pop a little paragraph in of something you did, of your contact information. That's it. Um, and then Vistaprint also makes this pretty easy. Uh, make sure your name is there. Make sure your reps are there. And send it out. And this is kind of nice because it's actual physical work that we can do. <sighs> okay, I'm exhausted. Was that enough? Did you guys get enough? <laughs> I feel like this should be a written tutorial. Um, basically, we I think we covered everything, right? Casting director workshops, how to go about it, where I like to go. And we kind of chatted a little bit about how to keep in touch with people. If any of this pertains to you at all, definitely please share this podcast on your Instagram. Share it in your emails. Share it on your Facebook if you still have a Facebook. <laughs> Apparently, it's an old person thing to have Facebook now. Share it with your friends. Um, anyone who is curious or has an opinion on any of these things, please feel free to share with me. You know I love it. Even if it's counter to what I believe, I like seeing other sides of this business. So... I am exhausted. I need to go grocery shopping for 4th of July. <laughs> so I'm going to let you guys go. Thank you so much for listening to me rant for 22 minutes. Unclear as to what I really said, but um, hopefully I answered some questions for you guys. Uh, thank you, as always, to Maggie Sabo for our beautiful theme song. Thank you, Laurel Canyon Creative, for helping produce this podcast. And guys, I'll talk to you on Sunday. <laughs>